Section 52 of A Failure of Initiative. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michelle Gray. A Failure of Initiative. Final Report of the Select Bipartisan Committee to investigate the preparation for and response to Hurricane Katrina by the United States House of Representatives. Conclusion The preparation for and response to Hurricane Katrina should disturb all Americans. While the Select Committee believes all people involved, at all levels of government, were trying their best to save lives and ease suffering. Their best just wasn't good enough. In this report, we have tried to tell the story of the inadequate preparation and response. We cover a lot of territory, from evacuations to medical care, communications to contracting. We hope our findings will prompt the changes needed to make all levels of government better prepared and better able to respond the next time. The resolution that created the Select Committee charged us with compiling findings, not recommendations. But in reality, that's a distinction without a difference. Moving from our findings to legislative, organizational, and policy changes need not be a long or difficult journey. We are left scratching our heads at the range of inefficiency and ineffectiveness that characterized government behavior right before and after this storm. But passivity did the most damage. The failure of initiative cost lives, prolonged suffering, and left all Americans justifiably concerned our government is no better prepared to protect its people than it was before 9-11, even if we are. How can we set up a system to protect against passivity? Why do we repeatedly seem out of sync during disasters? Why do we continually seem to be one disaster behind? We have not found every fact, nor contemplated all successes and failures. What we have done over four months is intensely focus on a three-week period, uncovering a multitude of problems. We have learned more than enough to instruct those who will now have to craft and execute changes for the future. We leave it to readers to determine whether we have done a fair and thorough job and whether we identified and supported findings in a way that will foster change. Some predicted we would place disproportionate blame on one person or another, or that we would give some others a pass. We hope it is clear we have done neither. We have not sought to assign individual blame, though it is clear in our report that some were not up to the challenge that was Katrina. Rather, we have tried to tell the story of government's preparation for and response to a massive storm and identify lessons learned. 
Our interaction with the White House illustrates this point. Some insist the White House's failure to provide, for example, emails to and from the White House Chief of Staff means we have insufficient information to determine why government failed. That view exalts political curiosity over the practical realities of a serious investigation. While our dealings with the White House proved frustrating and difficult, we ended up with more than enough information to determine what went wrong there, to form a picture of a White House that, like many entities, was overcome by the fog of war. There's a big difference between having enough information to find institutional fault, which we do, and having information to assign individual blame, which, in the case of the White House, in large part we do not. It's the former that's important if the goal is to be better prepared the next time. This was not about some individual's failure of initiative. It was about organizational and societal failures of initiative. There was more than enough failure to go around. Tardy and ineffective execution of the National Response Plan. An undertrained and understaffed Federal Emergency Management Agency. A catastrophic incident annex that was never invoked and doubt that it would have done the job anyway. A perplexing inability to learn from Hurricane Pam and other exercises. Levees not built to withstand the most severe hurricanes. An incomplete evacuation that led to deaths and tremendous suffering. A complete breakdown in communications that paralyzed command and control and made situational awareness murky at best. The failure of state and local officials to maintain law and order. Haphazard and incomplete emergency shelter and housing plans. An overwhelmed FEMA logistics and contracting system that could not support the effective provision of urgently needed supplies. The Select Committee encountered shortcomings and challenges even among those response elements that went relatively well and saved many lives. The military performed an invaluable role once forces were deployed, but encountered coordination problems with FEMA, the National Guard, and state officials. State-to-state -state emergency aid compacts were critical in restoring law and order and accelerating relief supplies but too many people remain unfamiliar with the process. Contributions from charitable groups were enormously helpful, but they too were overwhelmed by the size of the storm. Many of our findings are mixed in nature. Evacuations of general populations, for example, went relatively well in all three states. But declarations of mandatory evacuations in metropolitan New Orleans came late or not at all. And that, coupled with the decision to shelter but not evacuate the remaining population, prolonged suffering. We saw heroic examples of medical care and patient needs being met under dire circumstances. But too often the deployment of medical personnel was reactive, not proactive. The Select Committee acknowledges it was often torn between sympathy and incredulity. 
compassion, and criticism. On the one hand, we understood Katrina was so big and so devastating that death and chaos were inevitable. We understood that top federal, state, and local officials overlooked some steps and some needs in the hours and days after landfall because they were focused on saving lives. But on the other hand, a dispassionate review made it clear that even an extraordinary lack of situational awareness could not excuse many of the shortcomings and organizational inaction evident in the documents and communications the select committee reviewed. Leadership requires decisions to be made even when based on flawed and incomplete information. Too often, during the immediate response to Katrina, sparse or conflicting information was used as an excuse for inaction rather than an imperative to step in and fill an obvious vacuum. Information passed through the maze of departmental operations centers and ironically named coordinating committees, losing timeliness and relevance as it was massaged and interpreted for internal audiences. As a result, leaders became detached from the changing minute-to-minute realities of Katrina. Information translated into pre-cast bureaucratic jargon put more than geographic distance between Washington and the Gulf Coast. Summaries and situation reports describing the gross totals of relief supplies directed to affected areas did not say when or how or to whom those desperately needed supplies would be delivered. And apparently, no one asked. Communications aren't a problem when you're only talking to yourself. The Select Committee believes too many leaders failed to lead. Top aides failed as well, primarily in misprioritizing their boss's attention and action. Critical time was wasted on issues of no importance to disaster response, such as winning the blame game, waging a public relations battle, or debating the advantages of wardrobe choices. We have spared our readers a rehashing of unflattering emails involving Michael Brown and Governor Blanco and others, as they have been given more than enough attention by the media. We will pause only briefly here to urge future responders to make people, not politics, their priority. We further urge public officials confronting the next Katrina to remember disaster response must be based on knowledge, not rumors. Government at all levels lost credibility due to inaccurate or unsubstantiated public statements made by officials regarding law and order, levy breaches, and overall response efforts. The media must share some of the blame here. The Select Committee agrees the media can and should help serve as the public's first informer after disasters. In the 21st century, Americans depend on timely and accurate reporting, especially during times of crisis. But it's clear accurate reporting was among Katrina's many victims. If anyone rioted, it was the media. Many stories of rape, murder, and general lawlessness were at best unsubstantiated, at worst, simply false. And that's too bad, because this storm needed no exaggeration.
as discussed in our report widely distributed uncorroborated rumors caused resources to be deployed and important time and energy wasted chasing down the imaginary already traumatized people in the superdome and elsewhere listening to their transistor radios were further panicked the sensational accounts delayed rescue and evacuation efforts already hampered by poor planning and a lack of coordination among local state and federal agencies people rushing to the gulf coast to fly rescue helicopters or to distribute food water and other aid steeled themselves for battle in communities near and far the seeds were planted that the victims of katrina should be kept away or at least handled with extreme caution the washington post reported on october 5th lieutenant general h stephen bloom told the select committee on october 27th we focused assets and resources based on situational awareness provided to us by the media frankly and the media failed in their responsibility to get it right we sent forces and capabilities to places that didn't need to go there in numbers that were far in excess of what was required because they kept running the same b-roll over and over and the impression to us that were watching it was that the condition did not change but the conditions were continually changing emails obtained by the select committee reinforced the conclusion that top military officials were relying on news reports for information information used to plan and deploy resources the select committee does not mean to suggest the media is solely responsible for responders lack of situational awareness or the destruction of communications infrastructure that thrust television into the role of first informer for the military as well as the general public nor is the media solely responsible for reporting comments from sources they believe to be credible especially top officials the select committee does however believe such circumstances make accurate reporting especially in the period immediately after the storm all the more important skepticism and fact-checking are easier when the sea is calm but more vital when it is not as with so many other failures related to katrina what's most vexing is that emergency managers should have known such problems would arise among the chaos dr kathleen tierney head of the university of colorado boulder natural hazards center told select committee staff that misleading or completely false media reports should have been among the most foreseeable elements of katrina it's a well-documented element of disaster response she said what you do has to be based on knowledge not rumor and you're going to be faced with a lot of rumors benigno aguirre sociology professor at the university of delaware disaster research center told the philadelphia inquirer it's discouraging for those who spend their lives studying disaster behavior that journalists so often get it wrong former fema director michael brown told the select committee one of his biggest failures was failing to properly utilize the media as first informer i failed initially to set up a series of regular briefings to the media about what fema was doing throughout the gulf coast region brown said at the select committee's september 27th hearing instead i became tied to the news shows 
going on the news shows early in the morning and late at night, and that was just a mistake. We should have been feeding that information to the press in the manner and time that we wanted to, instead of letting the press drive us. Finally, a word about public communications. Both the message and the messengers were ineffective before and after Katrina. Messages to the public were uncoordinated and often confusing, leaving important questions unanswered. Federal, state, and local officials did not have a unified strategy for communicating with the public. Risk communication is a well-researched field of study. There are accepted core principles for successfully communicating risks to the public. Information about threats should be consistent, accurate, clear, and provided repeatedly through multiple methods. It should be timely. It should be specific about the potential threat. It needs to get to people regardless of their level of access to information. The Select Committee heard loud and clear from Gulf Coast residents that the dangers of the coming hurricane could have been presented in a more effective manner, an issue which also carried racial and socioeconomic implications. If people don't hear a message from someone they trust, they will be skeptical. Doreen Keeler, a New Orleans resident who evacuated before Mayor Nagin called for a mandatory evacuation, told the Select Committee local officials should have called for mandatory evacuations earlier, noting how difficult it was to convince the elderly residents of New Orleans to leave. If a mandatory evacuation would have been called earlier, she said, it would have been easier to move seniors out of the area and many lives would have been saved. It took me almost 24 hours to get my in-laws to leave. Others tell the same story. The severity of the storm was not stressed by elected officials. The relevant elected officials, we are sure, would contest that. In fact, they did, in testimony before the select committee. But it's the public perception of what was stressed that's important here. The failure of initiative was also a failure of empathy, a myopia to the need to reach more people on their own terms. Four and a half years after 9-11, Americans deserve more than the state of nature after disaster strikes. With this report, we have tried to identify where and why chaos ensued, so that even a storm the size of Katrina can be met with more order, more urgency, more coordination, and more initiative. End of section 52. Recording by Michelle Gray. End of a failure of initiative. Final report of the Select Bipartisan Committee to investigate the preparation for and response to Hurricane Katrina by the United States House of Representatives. <laughs>